So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. You are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women, the podcast, and I am here with Tariq Monsoor. Uh, Monsoor. Did I say your name correctly? Because people are always getting my name wrong, so I want to make sure I'm saying your name correctly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Arabic, so it's 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 Tariq Monsoor, but... <laughs> okay, Tariq Monsoor. Yeah, but Tariq, okay. Tariq Monsoor is generally how I go by this. I know, that's, that's, I should not... You just you shouldn't give me a pass on that because I'm Iranian. That's right, yeah. So like, so like, no, like that was not okay. I should have said that properly. Okay, so no, please, no, no. if you can introduce yourself, sure, that'd course. be awesome. Perfect. Uh, my name is uh, Tariq Mansour. Tariq Mansour. Alternatively, I actually am part of a local action team in the district at the DMV area called uh, Team Red Pro. You can find us on Instagram at Team Red Pro. An action scene director or a different title? Oh, um, that's, it's a good point. I mean, I guess I do some basic level stunts. I don't know if that would <laughs> quantify me as a, a stuntman per se. I, I would guess. definitely say yes. Okay. Then, I think uh, you're being like super humble here. Yes, I would say absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's fair then. Then stunt actor. Sweet. And how did you find yourself getting into this area and then from there starting your own collective? So I have been a martial artist on and off again my whole life. Always loved martial arts movies. I had the opportunity to train at DC Stunt Coalition to transition some of those uh, skills into, you know, on-screen fighting, which is completely different than real fighting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, and while I was there, I met a few people and they just decided that hey you know we collectively can make movies um so let's make movies and uh, this was headed by local director joseph lay and yeah and team red was born or i guess team red was resurrected because it, it had been a previous production team that got brought back when there was interest and how has this year been treating you so far with the rona and all of the, if I swear to God, if anyone says unprecedented to me, to me one more time, I'm going like, <laughs> to lose it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it has not been an easy year to be a human. It has not been an no. easy year in a lot of ways. So is there anything that we can do to help or anything that you would like people to know about your group in terms of maintaining your passions in your company when you have to have physical distance? It's been it definitely been very difficult. Actually, Team Red Pro, and that's, you know, encompassing a lot of people, put together a short movie. It was a adaptation of Mulan called Mulan East Side Story. Sweet. And literally, it stopped filming the weekend. Was it the week before quarantine? Somewhere along those times. And it was supposed to be the first part of like a multi-part short movie miniseries. And unfortunately, that... I mean, quarantine kind of just killed any sort of vibe that was building up as a result of that. But <sighs> but yeah, but one part of the movie is up on Team Red Pro, into Instagram and uh, YouTube, all social media. So I highly suggest watching it. Awesome. And you said it was called Mulan East Side Story? 
That's right. Mulan and East Side Story. Awesome. Yeah, it's... Musical. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. I look forward to checking that out. Yeah, no, it is really hard to make series or films or anything when you can't see other human beings. Yes. SNL is trying, like, really hard, but (laughs) it's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I do enjoy, like, the John Oliver, like, hello again, I'm here in my blank white void. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, like, leaned into it really hard, which I appreciate. And so fortunately, as a podcast, um, this is one of the things that we can keep doing. Yes. um, Which is awesome. I'm kind of curious to see what happens, you know, when, as we are running out of things in the pipeline Mm -hmm. and what things people are interested in watching after whatever the future holds. What, What kind of stories are we interested in? For myself, when I was thinking, there are so many reasons why I wanted to do this, but I can get into that later. I would love to hear from you kind of what hold Lovecraft Country had for you. And because when I put the call out for, and I was like, would anyone be interested in talking about this? Like a lot of people responded, but like you were like, yeah. And like really gung ho. And I was like, this is awesome. Let's do this yeah. right now. Otherwise I'm going to do it like three months from now. And the fact that you had so much energy about it, I was like, awesome. Let's do this now. I want to make sure that like I actually take the bull by the horns and don't miss an opportunity. Oh, great. Yeah. So I watched the uh, episode one again. I was watching all the other ones again. Mm -hmm. And in thinking about this, there's so many different ways that we could approach this. So I kind of wanted to see what you were interested in. Like if there's a particular way that you'd like to talk about everything, if you want to go through kind of linearly, or if there's just like particular areas where you're like, I really want to make sure I talk about this, or this was important to me, and then we can riff. So, yeah, it was kind of hard. I I realized, I rewatched the first episode again, and I realized a lot of my thinking was about all four episodes, or at least the first two that I saw. But I guess one of the major points that I think is the most interesting is some of the the race relations, Um, not race relations, I guess. exactly race relations within the country um then compared to now and just a lot of the shocking similarities (laughs) yeah absolutely so cool it's okay with you because then i started to get really stressed out i was like oh my gosh and i am also someone who's like prone to anxiety so i was like you know i was like oh man like how do i structure this and i was like okay but i'm not here as a film professor right I'm here as someone who is like a student who really admires this work and wants to discuss it with other people. Okay. Um, and then I was like, okay. And then as soon as I was like, okay, I can take my dumbass professor hat off. Then I was <laughs> like, that feels a lot better. Um, awesome. So if you're cool with approaching this in that way, I just wanted to kind of get that out there. And um, we went, we should have someone else joining us. Uh, Robin Austin should be joining us, but what I should now, now that we've kind of talked that out, and if that feels most comfortable for you, mm-hmm. at any point you're like, actually, can we start doing this another way? That's cool too. We can totally do that. Okay, cool. I, d- I had no idea what to think going in, I guess, watching the show, but the fact that it's HBO, that definitely gives it some strength. You know, HBO has had some flops, but I feel like generally they produce pretty, pretty decent content. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so I, you know, read what this was about. didn't read anything about the book, just kind of wanted to go in fresh, which is generally what I do with movies and series. And, I mean, right off the bat, I could just feel those similar vibes between Watchmen, which Mm -hmm. recently came out on HBO, the series. 
and Umbrella Academy season two, which yeah. is based, uh, I think, somewhere along the same era, maybe the 60s or... They landed 64, right? Yeah, that's right. And Lovecraft Country is in, do they say the exact year? You know what? I know they have, I think it's in the 60s as well. It's after the Korean War. Um, you know, for all of the like nerding out researching that I did in advance, that was the would... one thing that I didn't get a good. I okay, don't... so it says the 1950s, but it doesn't give it an exact year. That, okay, but that makes sense. After the Korean War would have to put it, it's probably 53. like 1956, 53. it feels. Oh, is it 53? Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So similar era. Yeah. <laughs> like things, I don't think... Uh... Things were still pretty bad uh, for people of color or just different people in that time. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was interesting. It's interesting that we find ourselves in a time right now where race is being, you know, it's put under the microscope and, you know, we are past our first black president. So a lot of people truly, truly believe that racism is over and, and they truly believe it. Right. And that, yeah. that's, like, that's the crazy thing. It's uh, there's a. I don't know, jumping ahead, there's a monologue uh, by James Baldwin, yeah. uh, which, and he's talking about, you know, essentially just how, depending on who we are, black, white, man, woman, we experience different realities, um, you know, in real time. And that's just, it's just, it's very, very true. It's very, very true then. It's very, very true now. Um, so those people who believe that because we had a, and we say black president, but really mixed race president. Yeah that racism is done it's 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 they truly believe it but it's purely based on their interaction with the world yeah so for me and i had to do some like real thinking about this because i had some kind of superficial like knee-jerk responses about like why i was struck by this if you know me then you know that i love genre my number one is always going to be science fiction right if you want to get bored real fast, put someone who's not interested in science fiction in the room with me. <laughs> but no, I, I really love it. And I also have found, well, horror is, I think, deeply problematic and can be very problematic. I mm. also do recognize and appreciate in horror many of the same, and for many of the same reasons that I love science fiction so much. I think mm. that when you are in a society that is not ready to truly view itself, these genres can act as a mirror to hold up to a society that is not ready for self-reflection, that is not ready for change. And yet you can still ask, what if? And I think that you'll find, like historically, that so many of these creators, like James Tiptree was a woman, like you, all of these books that you that maybe were reading as a child, you realize that like, oh, that was a pen name, this was actually a woman, or oh, like, this is, this is a place where people can explore otherness. Mm -hmm. um, but simultaneously, and this is where I think horror in particular is even more problematic, but also in, the, in a lot of ways more interesting and can be more fruitful even, is that horror, for all of the times that it has been involved in social praxis and been like, okay, we're going to hold up a mirror and ask what if, just as frequently horror has been a tool to continuously oppress and mm -hmm. use our fear of the other and weaponize it further. Absolutely. So in that case, I was like, okay, I, I know that this is like uh, both an interest point and a pain point of mine. Um, and then of course, whenever it's Jordan Peele doing yeah. something like I want to know, yeah. like 
I'm, I'm on board. And when I saw that like Misha Green was going to show run, I was like, yes, this is really yes. cool. <laughs> and got to admit, like I had literally for all of my like, I love science fiction. I know everything science fiction, like bullshit. Excuse my language. <laughs> I had not heard of the book. Yeah, I'm either. Yeah. And I was like, OK, am I going to read this book? And I was like, no, let me just appreciate this as its own thing. And then I can appreciate the book later. Yep. Um, absolutely. And another thing that I, and I'm sure the book is great, but I just want to appreciate this as it is being created and then appreciate the book as a separate entity, which I am sure is wonderful. The Tor review is great. And I don't think that Tor screws around like that. But also at the same time, something that I did learn in film school that was funny, but I think occasionally true, which is that good books generally make bad movies and bad books have a tendency to make great movies. That's not like at the end of the story right. but i didn't want to ruin either one for myself with any like expectations right but i did think about like reading it and then coming back and i was like no um <laughs> and that's also not to say that this is that the show is great because the book is bad i think that this right. might be one of those fantastic situations where they are both of their own merit awesome and i look forward to exploring them on their own timelines but um the other reason because and i had to do some like soul searching on this i was like but like why do i really want to do this so i already said like i'm iranian um, my family immigrated actually my dad was on the very last plane out before the change of the regime the final time which you might know as the plane scene that argo stole because it makes it way more exciting <sighs> the, the plane flight in argo didn't happen that way but the plane that my dad was in in january of a uh, 79 yeah, they were shot at. Wow. And they did not receive clearance to leave the ground. There was a, the Jordanian ambassador was on the plane and oh, wow. he went up to the pilot and he said, so, you know, I realize we're not getting clearance from ground control, but I'd really like to get out of this country. How about you? <laughs> wow, that's insane. Yeah, and the pilot was like, yeah. And so the ambassador said, look, how about we say I commandeer this plane and then it's not on your head. And he was like, sounds great to me. Got it. <laughs> like, off we go, you know, and my dad had to pull like every favorite in the book to get on that plane. And my mother's like exit journey was also very fraught. I was born shortly thereafter. So it had gone from like, we had good ties with Iran to suddenly, you know, like being Iranian is kind of like saying you're from North Korea. Right, exactly. It's not really cool in the u.s but then simultaneously like when it comes to the census there are weird things like where we get erased from the census as middle eastern or north african oh yeah so i was like thinking about it, all of those kind of things but i want to kind of preface that and say that like i am not a black woman so it's already problematic of me to even be talking about this right. show as any kind of an expert so i'm really talking about this just as as a student and as someone is a lover of genre and as someone who was really struck by Jordan Peele's work, but also as kind of like an outsider in America, but a mm. different kind of outsider, like as someone who had to learn American culture. Right. Um, and I don't know if any of that resonates with you. Oh, very much so. <laughs> um, and if that's something that you want to talk about, I don't want to, like, I also don't want to put you on the spot no, or no, like absolutely. trigger you. No, no, absolutely. Um, sorry, sorry, please continue. I, okay. I, whenever you're ready, I'm, I can... I talk too much, so I'll, I'll wrap this up and then, <laughs> no and then I'll be like, all right, your turn. Please take the <laughs> baton and make me shut my mouth. Okay. 